Let's try to clap together just to see how bad it is. Like, I want to know how bad they are at Friends of the Table. Okay, you want to go to time.is? Oh, I love this. I'm so happy. Hang on. All right. Uh, time.is. Oh, man, my clock's pretty close. All right. Um, okay, so... At 32? 32. Yeah. <laughs> and remember, that's when our hands come together, not when we wind up for it. Shh, you're already that... cheating. <laughs> We're fucking good. I mean, there's only two of us, I guess, but anyway. Still, theirs is really bad. Theirs is real bad. All right. Well, that's what we knew. All right. It's March 11th, 2016, and please keep feeding me necro units. I'm Colin Detmar. And I'm Emily Dalton, and this is Bottle Grow, a Dota 2 podcast. So, the Shanghai Major is over. It's been over for a little while, as you probably know. Uh, but it's over. Yay! And, uh, I mean, you know, I think our complaints about production value and stuff stand. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, there continued to be problems. Maybe fewer, but yeah. not they didn't go away. Um, but there also continued to be some pretty great Dota. That's true. I, uh, I don't know, the finals came down to, like, if you're trying to avoid being spoiled on the, the Shanghai Major... Um, don't listen to Dota Podcast right now, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> don't listen to Dota Podcast. Um... So the final came down to uh, Team Liquid versus Team Secret, <sighs> and Team Secret won that f- fairly handily. I mean, like, it's not like Liquid didn't deserve to be there, but it did feel like they were a little outclassed. It seems like finally we saw what Puppy had in mind back when he set up Secret to be the the bad guy winning team in your karate movie. Now they've done it. Yeah. I, uh, I don't, so, okay, this win does a couple of things, right? Well, I, th- I guess I would say the tournament results, let's talk about what the tournament results as a whole mean for the scene. Okay. So, first off, Team Liquid, which people weren't sure about, now seems pretty fucking legit, right? Right. Ditto Fanatic! They seem... Excellent. M- ...more... Didn't they place they higher right. than any team you cared about? Hurtful. I'm just saying. I care about Secret. Mm, I care about them, but not in a positive way. <laughs> Fanatic is I legit. care about them in a positive way. I care about but Puppy in a positive way. I care about Puppy in a positive way? Okay, I could say I care about we in a positive way, or I could be more honest and I, I could say I care about the person who's a Wind Ranger specialist in a positive way. Mm. Right? That's... That's fair. That's probably what's really going on here. Yeah. Um, so, and Fnatic, for what it's worth, uh, so far they've confirmed that there they they have confirmed that there are no changes, but it might not stay that way. Which seems like then why did you say anything? But um, Dota messaging t- continues to be excellent and very professional all the way around. ROTK uh, left uh, LGD. 
there's like the Chinese teams have kind of exploded. Uh, As you might is, expect is... after how they did in the tournament. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Right now, I'll, I'll, I'll try and finish talking about rosters real quick. Um, Havost and Funnick have left Empire. Um, and there are some rumors about who's going to be joining that. Navi has another roster that still has Dendi on it. Um, so they're still not going to get anywhere. God, I hate... He's not their biggest problem. Who is? Because everyone else has changed. Even so, man, I don't know. It hasn't changed to be better players than they had originally. I think Dendi needs to be an offlaner and not a position two. Accurate. Totally That's the thing. If they did that, then maybe this would work. But I think he's not, like... He doesn't play carries. He can sometimes he carries, but he doesn't play carries. You know what I mean? He plays playmakers. Exactly. And these days, that's the offlaner. It used to be the mid. Yeah. No, he needs um, to move down a slide. So he needs to do that. Um, Kaipi has confirmed their lineup, which uh, captain and position one bone seven uh, cancel position two, position three sing sing, position four come with me, position five buff me. Um, Maybe I shouldn't be excited about that team, but I'm, I'm kind, kind of excited. excited. Okay, Ooh. okay, it's not just me. No, cool. I really, I mean, and we've both talked about, like, it would be interesting to see what Bone7 can do when he's not under a terrible captain. And I continue to wait for the day that Sing Sing once again takes Pro Dota seriously. Hmm. Maybe this is going to be the time? I don't know. Could be. Um, There's a new team called No Diggity, which is, Ugh. of course, a terrible name. Um, But it has... Era, Yapzor, Zai, and Sindarin on it. Oh. Sindarin as in the commentator. Yeah. Um, who, uh, he was a former pro, and he has, I, he's done, like, he's done some, like, play as subs, and he also had a brief stint as, I don't remember, there was the, like, veggie gaming and stakes gaming thing, I don't fucking, that dumb ass thing, and he was on one of those two teams, I don't remember, but he's fucking good, right? Like, he's shown that he's still got it. Um... Yeah, I don't know. And then, you know, China has exploded. Um, I don't know. Otherwise, oh, and also, um, Team Spirit, my boys, the team that I decided that I loved after this major, um, their mid uh, Ramses 666 is out. And their, I think their position one, no, Iceberg was their mid laner. I'm sorry. Uh, Ramses was their... Carry? Yeah, he was their one. And then their uh, position three, uh, Afterlife, are both out because Empire during the turn, like during the run up to the tournament, Empire offered them jobs, and they were like, "Oh, that sounds nice." Like, and Go Black team captain was like, "We're about to enter a major tournament, and you're considering offers from other teams. As soon as this is over, you're fucking fired." Yeah, that's fucked up. I mean, it's, it's, the CIS scene is, is both cutthroat and amateur at the same time in the way it it handles this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's so Bush League. Like, I chose bad judgment, which is something you don't want in a Dota player, so. Yeah, and, and Ramses is a, is a, is a kid, so of course he's exhibiting, I don't know Afterlife, but I know Ramses is, is, is new to all this Mm -hmm. and made a stupid decision, and it's too bad that it cost him his job, but that's the call. You can't have people who are, like, 
in the wind-up to a big tournament considering leaving. That's You can't have people like that on your team. Yeah. I'm really excited to see what happens to Always Want to Fly. I mean, it seemed like that he really needed Io, but if he had Io, he could make their team win. I would love to see if he can add a couple of heroes to that category and just really kick the crap out of Dota. I have one other note I want to make. Do you remember the Virtus Pro player Illidan? No. No. He used to be their position one. Okay. He plays a really mean uh, carry uh, silencer, hmm. if that rings a bell. Um, so he used to be VP's carry, and then he left, and he's going to be the new position one for Team Spirit, which is exciting. Hmm. Okay. He's he, he's a he's a serious serious time player, so I'm I'm interested to see where they get to go from there. Yeah. Um. But China. Okay, I. There's one game in particular that we have to talk about. Overall, in this tournament, China underperformed in ways that were strange, and you could chalk it up to them being out of practice or this meta not favoring them to a certain extent. But Virtus Pro versus Vici Gaming am I... Should I say the word? Do it. We both said it. It, it looked like a throw. It absolutely did. And I, I don't take that lightly, right? Yeah. I, that's a real shitty thing to say about someone's play. But, like, like one game especially really stood out. The, la- the like the last game of the series, like they got two would and like, FY on Doom was casting Doom on people that made no sense to Doom at times when it was like, okay, I'm casting Doom on someone who we're not gonna fight and then they're gonna walk away and Doom will be on cooldown. Uh, Ice 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 was like going in really deep on like nothing, just going in ter- like terribly unsafe places on Phoenix, and then like burning all his HP with spells and getting killed. Um, burning on Sven would like blink up to start a fight, and then his team would turn and walk away, and he'd be like, "Oh shit, never mind." And turn yeah, around and I remember walk one away. in particular at a tier three. Yeah, I think mid. I think it was Fenrir on. Lena? Oh my god. Who in a, what was it, a 30 minute game where he had Laguna Blade for, let's say, 15 of those minutes, cast it once in a fight where it didn't matter. Yeah, when the game was over. And they weren't initiating on him. He was just not using it. Yeah. Like, as I say, I I don't take that suggestion lightly, but the way they were playing almost doesn't make sense to me unless they were throwing. Yeah. Oh no, I remember after the match, which I we watched together, right? Mm-hmm. Um I, I think I was I was the first person to say the word. I said like if I I mean if I didn't know better, I would say that was a throw. And then you said, Well I mean, so okay, like we know that corruption was a big part of what happened with this tournament. Money like it is documented now that money that should have been used for equipment <laughs> and for the stage and for the staff was put into the pockets of the president of Perfect World, the CEO. He took a lot of money and walked out... Well, not walked out the door with it, because I think he hasn't been convicted of anything, right? He still seems to be there. But he just took a bunch of money. Yeah. Um, that is known. I'm not making an accusation. It is just... <laughs> it just is a fact. matter of public record. Yeah. Um, so corruption is already clearly involved. And China... 
well, I guess I guess I I'm I don't know of it as much in China. I guess I know in Korea there have been a lot of betting scandals, and I have heard some stuff about Chinese betting scandals. That's it. In fact, I think what I I think exactly what I said to you after the game was like, if this was StarCraft, I would say that was a throw. Yeah, yeah, and like, so okay, players in China. Their teams are owned by corporations. Like, not like they're independents who get, like, marketing money or, or like, sponsorships. They are owned by corporations. Yeah. Vici is some corporation's pet team. So they don't have to worry about money. They get a pretty decent salary. I mean, like, you know, you could always get more. And I'm not saying... This isn't, like... I'm not saying this is, like, sports where they're... Like, real sports where they just get a huge salary and, you know, they couldn't... They want for nothing, right? Mm-hmm. But they're not living from prize pool to prize pool. But then think of the president of Perfect World, who also was not living prize pool to prize pool. Sure. He he is a 20-something who is very recently made president, and my understanding is he has some previous debts. Hmm. So that is the explanation I was given for how that went. Is like, oh, he came into the office with a bunch of debt and was like, hey, here's an easy way to fix that. Apparently. Um... Yeah, I don't know, like, so it could just be them underperforming because they didn't care? I don't know. It could be that they were, like, and, like, lots of reasons that they could not care. Like, certainly I think the backbone of it is the fact that they have a salary, right? A healthy salary. That they are, they, they are, they are able to not care if they want to. But that's not the only reason. No, right? because we've seen them play their hearts out in, like, most other major tournaments. Right, so was it, like this tournament is an embarrassment to the Chinese Dota scene and we just want to get out of here? Was it, like, we hate our teammates, we can't stand this anymore? Was it, holy shit, our whole theory of Dota just doesn't work and we just, we're just so demoralized? Was it, we're taking crap for being Chinese in a Chinese tournament that's run poorly? This is fun and fair. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, but also, like, I mean, the other, the other thing I would mention, I mean, like, obviously all the Chinese teams, I would say, underperformed, but, like, LGD got called Team 905 for a little while, because they woke up at 9.05 a.m. for a game that should have started at 9 a.m. The game ran late, so did they. Part, they were part of the reason the game ran late, right? Because, yeah. like, even, you know, even knowing that the game is going to be delayed are you gonna take a shower get dressed eat breakfast assemble get downstairs get on stage in time no there's no way it did start to seem pretty early on like by and large the chinese teams were not this is not a good meta for them apparently no but also seemed like they didn't care i'm just saying i think maybe that was across the board that's a harsh statement to make especially like yeah i'm just saying maybe that was part of it like oh no our dota isn't gonna win here well, yeah, yeah, and sometimes like, and maybe maybe once you make that call, you play to learn, right? Mm-hmm. I've been there. I've I've played games where it was like I'm so clearly outclassed here that I'm just gonna try shit and fucking figure things out because there's no way I'm winning. If I give it my all, all I'm gonna get done is get beat down. So I don't know. So, I mean. How do you feel about secret winning then? I guess you're not you're not super jazzed. I'm not like. super jazzed. Uh, I'm not super jazzed. I mean, the two teams I cared about, one of them did 
okay, better than most people expected, although right, you know, right in line with my expectations. Um, and of course, uh, OG really, really blew it. Um, yeah, I really, I feel like two people let down that team, right? Poppy? I feel like... Oh, OG? sorry, what were you thinking of? No, yeah, I just mean, you know, ha ha, he was uh. the... Oh, I see. Sorry. Um, I was thinking uh, Moon really didn't play. I mean, like there were there were games where he did, but I feel like he didn't show up the way he did in Frankfurt, right? Yeah. On the other like, hand, I mean that was the kind of hot streak you cannot count on in anybody. Sure, sure. But I mean, every time they gave him Tidehunter, it felt like uh, he made shit. Yes. And they, I mean, I watched the three game series where they gave him Tidehunter every time, and he played like shit all three times. That was and, confusing. Yeah, and I I don't you know I don't want to dwell too long on it but his ability to then like taunt the shit out of his opponents like fucking like troll the shit out of them after they kicked his ass and then his team made it work i don't understand like it to me it's like the people who like you play the game against a mid sniper and you kill him five times by the 10 minute mark and then his team carries his ass to victory and then he says easy mid and you're like no you fucking got your ass kicked what are you talking about? I think it's even more like the sniper mid, you wreck the shit out of him. Your team is clearly winning, and toward the end, he just starts writing noob team. What? Well, I mean, he did the taunting when his team was winning. Oh, well. He didn't do it when they were losing. I was thinking of them losing everything overall then. Fair enough. Yeah. No, he did the taunting like like buying and planting uh, iron branches and, you know, like doing the Tidehunter uh, backstroke taunt through their fountain as they destroyed the ancient stuff. Um, which, like, I mean, you know, I'm I'm good for a little taunting now and then, but it's a pattern of behavior with Moon, so I'm I'm less forgiving. Does he play on um, dying? I don't know. A man who loves taunts needs to pick up on dying. That's I. You're making a good call right there. <laughs> um, but the other person who let them down, I'm really sad to say, was No Tail. Yeah. Whenever it came to making a play, you know what? I just realized it's the Dendi problem. Whenever it came to making a play, he was fucking there. But it didn't matter because he didn't have the items because he wasn't farming. So not quite the Dendi problem because we've seen him farm in the past. This is a thing he can do. True. Like, it was, he, was, he was channeling Dendi. Yeah. For the tournament, because like we, yeah, as you say, we've seen No Tail farm his ass off before. We've seen him be a terror, but he was consistently underfarmed in situations where it didn't necessarily make sense for him to be. And people figured out the miracle secret, right? The secret of miracle is let him farm, kick the shit out of his team, let him farm. Because dollars to donuts, if you try and gank Miracle while he's farming, he will kill you, and then he will keep farming. He's that good. But if you can make the rest of his team irrelevant, it won't matter how farmed he is. So they got to go back to the drawing board on parts of their strategy. Do you think there was, I mean, do you think there was a patch element for them, too? I wonder in part because, I mean... It seems so much like a fighting and less farming patch. Obviously not, on, but I, I can imagine even, I remember commentators saying, like, you know, they were talking about who's ranked what in farm, who farms the best, and then they said, and then MVP, who just, like, they just kill players. They don't farm. Uh, yeah. I wonder whether 
a player like No-Tail, obviously I have no idea, but might have reacted a little too far in that direction and been like, no, no, I just need to make the plays. Farm isn't as important right now. Like, uh, you did the math wrong. That's a good point. And I think also it's really it's really valuable if you can pull it off to put Miracle in a lane where shit is happening. Like, if they are going to realize that they if they mess with Miracle, bad shit happens, put him somewhere where they can't avoid it. Hmm. Because he's going to get his farm. Yeah. That guy is one of the most technically talented players in the game. Yeah. Top five. Um, so just put him, like, give him Invoker, put him mid. Give him, I mean, you can do Slark mid. He can certainly do Slark <laughs> mid. Um, like, just get him in the way, right? That's a good idea. So, I don't know. I mean, like, they're they're pros. They know this shit better than I do. And I certainly didn't call before this tournament that this was going to happen. So they have the same data I do, and they will figure things out. That is a good team. Yeah. They will figure it out. I look forward to it. I do, too. Um, so I have a note here. Something, something, Arteezy. You wanted to say something about Arteezy? I don't remember. Did I? Yeah. Th- th- we were talked on the phone, like, a week ago. And you said, put something in the notes. You said more specifically than this. You said, there was this thing with Arteezy. Put this in the notes. And by the time I got to the notes, I didn't remember. I think, I mean, I remember at one point, I don't know whether this is it. uh, I remember at one point we were talking about, like, what is the weakest, what is the weak point on Secret? Mm. And I was saying that it's Sumail because Arteezy has such good, oh, no, you were talking about, you were talking about wherever Arteezy goes, then his team loses. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think we should talk about both of those things, yeah. right? Not his fault. I uh, yeah, because I was saying, like, I feel like, yeah. I mean, playing next to Sumail, like Sumail, I'll see make a lot of errors in judgment, whereas Arteezy is just keeping his head down and playing excellently. Yeah, Arteezy, Arteezy is a heads down. I remember down, what I right? wanted. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was saying I hate seeing him on PPD on PPD's team because I love seeing him make big crazy fuck you plays. And everybody mm. on on that team, everyone on EG plays so careful because PPD is a controlled, very careful, ice-cold player, and he mm. runs the team that way. And so for me, it sucks that Arteezy is there because it means he doesn't do shit like as that one time watching him with uh, Envy. Like, he tracking down Envy, definitely going to kill him. Envy desperately tries to kill the last couple of creeps. Arteezy pauses, denies a creep, and then kills Envy, you know? Yeah. Just the out-there, fuck-you, wild moves. So he was playing clean all tournament, but, like, not remarkable and that's a bummer for me in my life because i think he's an amazing player he's one of my favorites to watch when he's not on eg that's all and i think it's kind of interesting like the dynamic of seeing him on the same team as sumail is really interesting to me Mm. because like i'm gonna draw an a to b to c right sumail is a younger arteezy is a younger kuroki these are all players that when they debuted, they were the young genius carry player on the scene, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, so that's Sumail right now, right? And Kuroki was that, and then he grew up, and I don't... I hope Arteezy doesn't become what Kuroki is, I guess? <laughs> Kuroki seems like a real bitter dude. Um, but Kuroki is an all-around player who can play in a position and do a good job, and he does, does a lot of supporting these days, right? He's really well-rounded now. I think Arteezy still kind of wants to be in the spotlight, right? He hasn't yeah. gotten to that point in his, his character development, you know? And he, you know, good on him. He plays amazingly. Um, but before that stage is Sumail, where he almost always wants mid. Mm-hmm. 
and he play and he goes for these really daring plays and he plays really well but if he gets fucked up if he starts to to have problems he tilts real hard yeah he starts trying to make miracles happen in situations where they shouldn't or he tries to play really stubbornly you know it feels like it feels like he tries to make plays that like not because he needs to be a hero but because he needs to prove he can do this and fuck you yeah, or I would say, I mean, maybe even slightly differently, it's like, no, that thing I did was a good idea, it can work, check it out, oh, fuck, okay, hang on, no, really, it's not a bad plan, watch this, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like Eternal Envy, who has now won his first ever major, his first ever Valve run event, and, and good for him, he should have one of those under his belt. Congratulations. Um, yeah, um, he's like... A completely different breed of player, right? Yeah. In a way that's really fascinating to me. <laughs> he went from, like, support player to carry captain to carry non-captain. I can't imagine him as a support. Isn't it such a weird thought? I'm gonna have to try to look up some of those games. Because, I mean, he's a great player, obviously. He seems like he'd be a shitty support. Just, like, too selfish, too he risky, too... He, I mean, well, I I may have complained about it on the podcast. I feel like he plays like he's not on a team. Hmm. Down to buying the second set of drums at one in one game of the tournament. Yeah. He just plays it like he's third, not on actually. a team. Oh, well. Was, yeah. I, <laughs> he's He sometimes really has a lack of awareness of his teammates that I find. Like... Those are the times that I don't like Envy, right? Like, that I genuinely get pissed at him. I don't get pissed at him when he tries for something that I'm like, that's a bad plan. Because it's like, nah, this is what he does, right? Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. It's interesting. But when he's just like, I'm going to buy the second Iron Talent on my team. It's like, well, that's stupid and greedy in a way that doesn't make any sense. Good job. Yeah. So, so anyway, yeah, it's really hard to imagine him as a support. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, and you know, like I feel like at this point, like he's he's one of the best carry players in the world, mm-hmm. and it's just interesting how different his path has been, right? Mm. Like he isn't the young prodigy. He's, I mean, he's still pretty young. <laughs> All these players are younger than me, except for Fear. Um, old man Fear. Who's younger than me? I'm certain. Yeah. 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 No, he's 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 literally my age. Um mm. and like I don't know, it's just I think probably I'll want to go into this at a later podcast once I do more research, but I'm interested in sort of like the the kinds of players of each role, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like there are some some archetypes, if you will. So, okay. Uh I I wrote down. Oh right. Okay. I don't. Sorry. I have a note here that is confusing to me. Um, yeah, I don't know it, friend. I had a a dream where I was playing Dota and I was Lycan, and then I accidentally dropped my Abyssal Blade and a Nature's Prophet Treant denied it, and then I got surrounded by Treants and killed, and then I didn't respawn. Anyway. Ah. <laughs> that's that's all that was. I hope I'm this episode I... is titled Dota Nightmare. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I, I guess I woke up at like 5 a.m. and decided to run over my computer and write that down. Good job. Open Google Docs! <laughs> this is important. 
Um, well, okay. I mean, the note right above it is something, something RTZ. So we <laughs> are professionals. <laughs> True. Um, so, okay. Ardem. ARDM. Yes. When I play with you, occasionally... Well, okay, I, I think if we were to play three matches, you would probably want one of those matches to be ARDM every time, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. Why? Hmm. My, my best reason, or like the reason... So I feel like... when You know how I answer questions sometimes. If you ask me mm-hmm. what my favorite book is, my answer is going to depend... Like, my deep, deep insider people, most people, I will tell them a classy book that I love, but I'll pick a classy book, right? Um, sure. And the actual answer is not a classy book, but, like, I've only told, like, two people that one. Similarly, if you were like, why do you love ARDM? And I would say, well, I love it because it forces me to really sample all the heroes and, like, just get quick, dropped-in, on-the-ground experience. I played Riki for the first time last night. Huh. Um, so that's my public and I think best reason is that it's hard. I have a hard time forcing myself to play, especially non-support characters that I haven't played before. Um, ARDM does that. It's like, no, you're puck now. Fuck you, you're puck. Like, okay, okay. And of course I do a bad job, but it's ARDM. Most people are doing badly with some of the characters. So. Oh boy, I had a rough one last night. Yeah, you got kicked around. You asked me if I was if I was throwing. <laughs> you you tried to you like there was that moment of you being like, I don't want you to get offended if this is not correct. But are you throwing right now? It's like, uh, I got Io and I got Enigma and I, <laughs> come on, man. That I got Spectre and the only item I had was Power Treads and an Agonim. You were anti mage at one point. I got screwed. Yeah, I had a good time, but anyway, please carry on. No, so I mean, I mean that the other part of it is that I guess I feel like it feels like a different game than Dota. You know, it feels like instead of chess, you're playing speed chess. So, and in fact, in a lot of the same ways, like it's much more fast paced. Um, a lot of the ways that I'm bad at the game matter a little less. If I fuck up, I often feel like it's like I feel it less personally. It's like, well, of course I fucked up. I'm Magnus. I've never played Magnus. I think he, I think he impales people. You know. Um, mm. And secretly, uh, because I feel like I have one advantage in ARDM, which is that I put up wards, and nobody puts up wards in ARDM, at least at my level. So, you know, it's a combination of things, but I find it, yeah, it's sort of fast-paced and fun and just sort of a different game that I really enjoy mixing in there. So why would you not pick ARDM every time? I mean, you know, once out of every three. I mean... Do you want my good answer or both? What? Both. Like... Good answer first, though. Okay, my good answer is—I don't know if this is my good answer. Actually, I guess this is just my more complicated answer. My more complicated answer is that I feel like one, like some of the ways ARDM, like ARDM, is putting a square peg into a round hole, and sometimes the way that manifests is by existing Dota mechanics not working very well in it, right? Yes. Like, I feel like the fact that you can't buy back an ARDM, I'm not going to say it breaks it, but it warps it in a way that I really don't enjoy. And I really do. And that's just a difference. But I, I really like that about it. I mean, I guess it's on both sides, but it's like, you know, like, death is already such a punishment 
when you're getting pushed and you get killed, then it's just like, okay, then they get a lane, and if they want it, they get the ancient, whatever, I can't do shit. Um, obviously, like, I don't take it that hard, because it's ARDM, you kind of need to let go. Um, I don't know, I do, like, I appreciate the randomization to an extent, but I also feel like often the matches can be decided entirely by the randomization in ways that isn't super fun. That's true, but it ends up... I mean, sorry, I don't mean to cut off your answer. It ends up not mm-hmm. bothering me because it's like, oh, then it's not my fault. Like, yeah, we lost this one. Well, I'm going to lose like half of them, right? Okay. Sure, sure. But like, I mean, I got a kill when I was a Spectre with Power Treads and Agonims and that's it. But that's kind of miraculous and when you're stuck in a position like that, where the dice just are not f- favoring you, it's not your fault that you're losing, and I don't mind losing, but I mind the fact that every time I spawn, I'm alive for like 30 seconds before I get pudge hooked and killed again. You know? Hmm. Like, I feel like I don't mind that I can't win, but I mind that I can't play. I mind that I feel like I have almost no options in the situation. Well, and it seems like that could be a combination of two things. One is you try you're you have more try hard than you, than I do, mm-hmm. and it also could be that you have a higher skill level than I do. So it's going to make a bigger difference for you, you know. Well, and that's the other reason. That's the like the entirely separate reason is that I'm more try hard than you, right? Is that I'm? It's like, yeah, but I I want to try really hard to win. That's what I do. That's that's me. Hi. I hear that's you, what man. I do. Well, I, you know, <laughs> I do try hard, but yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not accusing you of not trying or anything. No, I'm, it's just I'm like... telling our audience. I do try yeah. hard, but it is, I mean, it is different, for sure, between mm-hmm. the two of us. Yeah. Like, if things are going badly, I'm usually, not always, but I'm usually able to kind of zen about it. Whereas you just, like, put your head down and grimly try to save us. Yeah. And Sometimes it works. Sometimes it works. You know, there there are pros and cons to that attitude. I wouldn't say there's anything positive about what it does to your stress levels. Agree. Um, so, you know. I don't know. I, uh... It's so weird. Like, I feel like I already have two Dotas in my head almost, right? Like, group Dota and solo Dota, to me, feel so different. Mm -hmm. And then squeezing ARDM in as well. Like, I'm happy to go along with it with someone. I would never queue it on my own, I think. Hmm. I think it's a fun thing to do with a group. But as an individual, it feels like a baffling thing to do. Oh, I I never play play solo ARDM. Well, you you don't really play solo anything anymore. That's true, but even, like, when I had a chance, like, I just, I'd never do ARDM. I see. I'll get back to it. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I would love to do ability draft if it was not mm. totally busted. They probably fixed parts of it, but boy. <laughs> Someday. So, I understand you have some some fan fiction. I do. Uh and we have another first this week. Um it is not fan fiction corner after dark. Don't worry. We are family safe. Hey. Yeah, this is actually a story called The Forbidden Glory by Sir Grayson. The description is, 
As the Radiant in dire fight, Omni Knight decides to do a very dangerous move, and that is to sneak past the towers by passing by the woods to infiltrate the dire's base. However, not seeing the dangers that lies ahead, Mordred the Phantom Assassins jumps at him, and well, you'll have to read to find out. There's no period. And our first is... Oh, wait, that was, that was all a quote. That was all one sentence quote. Yes, that was the description. Wow. Okay, I thought you were just—I thought you were just getting very worked up. Oh no, that's just—I was running out of oxygen. Uh, and the, our our fan fiction first this week is that I am going to read this fan fiction in its entirety. So here we go. We may defeat the dire, but at the end, they will always rise up. That's it. Oh. Are there multiple chapters? Nope, or? That's it. I was charmed. I admit I was looking for something slightly shorter since I haven't had a lot of time this week. And I saw this one. I'm like, wait, how many words? <laughs> I love, I'm like, the description has this whole plot. It has the book report ending. It has some bizarre capitalization choices. And then that's the whole, that's the whole one. And it's not, you know, like, I mean, if you wanted, if you were like, give me fan fiction in 14 words or fewer, like, well, okay. Yeah. That's not a bad one. So, like, are there a lot of reviews for this? No Did you check out the reviews? No reviews. No reviews. But it's okay. only a year and a half old, so give it time. Okay, but it, since it's a year and a half old, we can assume it's probably not a work in progress. We can, we can assume, since the chapters are apparently of this length, that they could have made another chapter in this time. It is ta- tagged as romance slash adventure. Does it say finished or anything like that? It doesn't say finished. Maybe this is a placeholder. Maybe this is a person saving their spot, getting people excited. It's a teaser, right? It's like get excited, and then you're gonna you, one day you're gonna open it up, and it's gonna be like an ARG, and there's gonna be a phone number you should call, right? Well, I have two more pieces of information for you. Okay. One is that this is the only thing this person has ever published, at least that okay. I can find. The second is that this person's icon is fan art of a young, spunky anime lady Omni Knight. So. Yeah, I think it's an ARG. That would be so cool. I think you're going to get a phone number and you're going to call it and it's going to be Lady Omni Knight. <sighs> Grayson, this is too complicated for us. If it is an ARG, dumb it down a little. I will totally chase it down. You know, just all wands will break dot com. Oh, I was like, wrong. I was help wrong. Help us out here. It says it has four reviews. Oh, Hang hey. On. Let me okay, see if let's I can find something. Yeah. Four reviews. Really? What do we got? Um... I can read all four of these. We have time. I, okay. I was so confused, lol. Next one. 15 out of 10, we'll read again. Best fanfic with record for the least words. Next one. Lol. Troll. Last one. Lol. Description is longer than story. Weak. I like this fanfic. Right? I come, I like, I not like I've come around. I couldn't make up my mind, but I've decided I like this. Yeah, and it really, like, it is the quintessential fanfic. Yeah, you got it. That's basically what happens. High five, Lady Omni. All right. Well, Omni nice. Oh, that's a good name. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. <laughs> I think this has been another episode of Bottle Crow, a Dota Two podcast. Uh, you can find us on iTunes if you want to give us a rating or review. Uh, 
Our intro and outro music are by Reddit user Pomodi. If you want to give him a, a, a few cents, you can actually buy his Harmonies of New Bloom music pack in Dota 2 itself for use in the game. Um, we are members of Scanline Media uh, at scanlinemedia.com, which is a video games criticism website. We have podcasts, videos, and articles. Mostly just podcasts lately uh, because we've been lazy. Um, if you want to give money to our Patreon, um, we're at patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. Any money you give us goes to buying new games or new equipment. None of it goes to people's pockets. Um, and all of our content is free and will remain free for the foreseeable future. Um, also, hey guys, we got a Twitter. We've got an email address. You can send us questions or comments. Anything you want us to look at. BottleCrowPodcast at gmail.com or at BottleCrow on Twitter. If you find a really gruesome fanfic, send it. I would... I'll read the whole thing. If it's like Silent Hill gruesome, then I'm not letting it on the podcast. I could I could read selectively. You could do your own special episode by yourself. I could read selectively. We'll talk about it. <laughs> um, thanks, everybody, for joining us. And I think we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody, it's Colin. Just a quick drop-in since I learned of this while editing this podcast. Emily and I are both regular listeners of the Esports Today podcast by Rob Zachney and Andrew Gruen over on the Idle Thumbs Network, and this week they announced that they were going on indefinite hiatus. Uh, we're bummed to hear it, and we, we totally understand, though. It was a hell of a podcast, and we're really going to miss it. Uh, Shoutouts to Rob and Andrew. You guys brought a professionalism to esports podcasting that we could never match.